I would love to actually know what the casting process was like instead of just saying a Jew should have been in that role. Welcome to Culturally Jewish. I'm Ilana Zakon and my co-host David Sklar abandoned us to go to Hawaii. Join us as we explore Jewish art, culture, and identity in Canada. On this week's episode, we sit down with casting director Jess Greenberg. Mama always wanted me to be a doctor, but I became an artist and that really shocked her. Now I'm interviewing people in the biz, pros, and newish, but all of them are artists and they're culturally Jewish. Hey Jess, so can you give a little intro about who you are? Sure. Hi, uh, I'm Jess. I'm a casting director here in Montreal. I am from Montreal, born and raised, and um, I started out in film and TV about 12-ish years ago now and um, fell into casting in one of my contracts and here we are. What do you love about working as a casting director? What are your favorite parts about it? I love working with talent and actors and I really love seeing a project from creation to end product. So I find it really cool to be involved in the casting because you're sort of working with it at the script level and then all the work that goes into it and then seeing the final product. And you have a podcast too. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I co-host a podcast uh, called Book the Room with Susanna Lanier, who is an actor and acting coach as well. And we talk about the industry and the realities of it, um, getting into it, staying in it, <laughs> staying the course, and um, different things like that. So we're at an interesting time right now, just in terms of casting in general, because as I think most people know, there was a really big strike that happened for most of last year. So what what's your um, forecast for the coming year? Is it already getting busy now that we're back from the holidays or it's still like a slow ease back in? It is still a little slow on my end, at least. I don't know about other casting directors, um, but it is still slow. And um, it was also just like a good wake-up call to realize how dependent we are on American on US. yeah on American yeah. projects we are so dependent on it and um, I would really love to see more funding in Canada and in English Quebec for local <laughs> productions so that we're not just a service provider city that we could actually you know survive on our own work being done here. Right. Because right now, I think Toronto, maybe Winnipeg, like there are some parts of Canada that are getting Canadian productions, but not so much here, not so much in Vancouver. Exactly. Which is, yeah, I mm -hmm, think Toronto gets, there's, you know, the more I hear about different um, funding programs, the English funding programs, a lot of those funds are being given to outside of Quebec, mm -hmm. not to right. Quebec English speaking creators. And that's a tax thing, right? Um, well, the funding for like development or actual production, I don't think it's tax credits. I think the credits are an issue for productions coming in from the U.S. Um, because it's not so desirable oh, right, right. to work here. There's not many credits mm -hmm. anymore. We used to uh, have great ones, which is when I think we were booming, probably in the 90s-ish, right? Early right. 2000s. Mm -hmm is when um, things were really going yeah. great here. <laughs> Unfortunately, before both of us were working professionally in the industry, I was a little kid. Exactly. <laughs> but even as, um, as a okay. kid, there was so much youth television programming that I'm sure you yeah. got to work on, which doesn't seem to oh, exist yeah. anymore. Totally. Yeah. yeah. All my favorite shows were all, like a lot of them were being shot here, um, voiced here. There's so many cartoons back in that day that were being yeah. like all the original voices. 
was definitely um, a high. So let's hope that things change and uh, maybe this is a bit of a moment for us to make those changes um, after the strike. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about Jewish casting. Mm -hmm. There's a really big shift happening in our industry in general over the past few years in regards to authentic representation in casting. Um, So for those of you who may not be familiar with that term, basically uh, there's a call for specific ethnic groups to be played by people of that ethnic group. Or if you're queer, then there's a call for people who are actually queer to play those roles. If you're disabled, stuff like that. Um, You've been working in casting, like you said, for over 10 years. Before we get into the Jewish part of this, can you speak to how you've experienced that shift as a casting director? Yeah, well, I think, um, and not only for film and TV, but also in video games, it's a huge push, right, you know, so true. we don't even see the people, but they want to be authentic in the casting. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's great. You know, representation is so important. So the fact that there is a push for that um, in ways where it should be seen. Um, I think sometimes there's these quotas from networks that <laughs> seem a-, a little icky, you know. Um, yeah at the end of the day, we're storytellers and you want to tell authentic stories. So cast authentically. Um, But sometimes the quotas when it coming from the top, that just seems um, icky to me. Have have you had any experiences where you had to deal with that? The quota Um, thing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're dealing with studios or networks, um, you know, they have funders, they have advertising, so they have different agendas than the actual creatives, than the storytellers themselves. So that's when sort of the business and the politics crossover with mm. the arts, I guess. Do you feel like it's changed the industry and your work as a casting director? Um, I think that it's made me, I guess, more sensitive to all of it, you know, and just more aware in a positive way. As a casting director, I could only do so much, you know, like based on the timeline, the budget, you know, sometimes I could only look locally. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm dealing with a set pool of actors and talent and I may not have the budget to look elsewhere to then cast authentically. To find that specific person. So I think that sometimes we're, we have boundaries and we can't, although we would like to do certain things, sometimes we can't. So as you probably know where I'm going with this, um, there have been a lot of Jewish actors, comedians, um, artists, uh, especially in the U.S., who have spoken up about how Jews are not often included in this fight for authentic representation, but actually blatantly excluded. And very recently, just in the past week, over uh, 260 Hollywood actors signed a letter to the Film Academy uh, critiquing Jewish exclusion from diversity standards. So some of the people that signed it were Mayim Bialik, David Schwimmer, Deborah Messing. Um, and just for context, the Academy standards from 2020 describes a number of identities that it considers underrepresented groups, and Jews are not on the list. So in this letter that they put together, um, I'll quote, While we applaud the Academy's efforts to increase diverse and authentic storytelling, an inclusion effort that excludes Jews is both steeped in and misunderstands anti-Semitism. It erases Jewish peoplehood and perpetuates myths of Jewish whiteness, power, and that racism against Jews is not a major issue or that it's a thing of the past. Then they go on to explain how Judaism isn't only a religion and that many people are white passing despite our history of persecution and exile. 
They say that excluding Jews in the list implies that we're overrepresented in films, which they say is not really the case, and that the few Jewish movies that are out there are often about the Holocaust, or if they have Jewish characters, they're either really disconnected from their Judaism or they're really overly stereotypical Jewish characters, um, and often they're played by non-Jews. So they're basically saying include us in this fight and not only just in the casting but also behind the scenes for writers and consultants to be included to include their what they call expertise pride cultural competency um, so that we don't fall into these stereotypes okay there's a lot to unpack (laughs) here so first off from a casting perspective what are your thoughts on this letter and have you had these conversations before in the casting room well for starters i support this letter (laughs) i think there's a you know, a weird prejudice that like we are so powerful and we have so much money and power and like, I just, I don't get it. So um, personally, I haven't had the chance to work on a Jewish production or to, you know, um, a Jewish story where I would have loved to cast Jewish actors. So, I mean, just there, there's not many Jewish stories being told. Um, Mm -hmm. at least that are here in uh, Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Do you think that this letter, at this current moment with what's going on, do you think that will help or hurt our cause? Because I have to admit when I saw it, even though I agree with everything that's said, I've had these conversations before. A part of me was like, oh, like, is this the right time? Even though in the letter, they talk about how there's so much anti-Semitism right now with what's going on in, in the Middle East. And it's more important to be having these conversations. Part of my fear is that the angry mob who's going after all of the Jews right now are just going to get angrier and not really read the letter and understand what they're trying to say and perpetuate more of this anti-Semitism. Um, I recently listened to uh, an episode of Barry Weiss's podcast that someone had sent me where she actually argues against the whole shift of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's a, it's a hot take. Um, but one thing that that stood out to me was that she was saying, do we really want to be included in this fight to be victims and oppressed? Because maybe maybe that's not what we want. It was just something that that came into my head because I think there's arguments for it on, on both sides. I think what's important is to actually split the two. I think part of the problem is that people see Jews as Israel. So I think mm-hmm. it shouldn't have an effect on everything that's going on in the world. Although, yes, there it is shouldn't. a rise in anti-Semitism. Yes, of course it yeah. shouldn't. But because of the rise, I don't think it should hold us back from fighting for things that are important, separate mm-hmm. from what's going on in the world. And Jews are a minority. That is fact. <laughs> so I think that it is important to be included in the diversity pushes in film and TV. So uh, a couple of things come to mind for me. One is David Baddiel's book, Jews Don't Count, which I haven't read yet, but it's on my it. list. Um, I've heard great things about it. And his whole thing is like the shifts in the in the extreme rights and left and how Jews like really are kind of excluded in both. Yeah. Um, and then there's also famously Sarah Silverman talks about what she calls Jew face. Um, I, I listened to an episode of her podcast uh, to prepare for this episode and she's kind of saying a lot of what they say in this letter. Um, one one point that stood out to me was that often Jewish characters that are more um, like positively portrayed, that are deserving of love, that are courageous, are often played by non-Jews. You see this in Mrs. Maisel, for example. She gives like 10 examples. And the ones that 
kind of break that mold are the ones that are written by Jewish writer actors like Broad City or the stuff that Sarah Silverman herself is doing. So what do you think about, you know, should Jews be played by Jews? I know you were saying um, you agree with the letter, authentic representation. Um, Sarah basically says it's not the fault of the actor. If like, it's not Rachel Brosnahan's fault for taking the role. She's a great actor. She did mm-hmm. a great job. But then you kind of question the other side of it is like the people making the decisions. Yeah. So where, where do you think the line is of, of like, is it ever okay for a non-Jew to play a Jew or should it just be like a black and white? No, just like everyone else. Listen, I think it's I think it's okay because like where do you draw the line for the actor? Do you know what like part of what acting is is you want to choose the person who will best bring that role to life, you know? And I guess coming from coming from a casting point of view where I have been limited in terms of resources of what I can do, you know, I've I'd be lying if I say I didn't cast um you know, doing the docudrama and having to find, you know, uh, the lookalikes. And the person who I had to match was like Japanese Filipino. Uh, There's not an actor who looked like him who was also Japanese Filipino. Like, you know, so it's like you you try and do the best matches. And I know that's a little different because it's docudrama, but still we're representing and casting real people and Mm -hmm. matching real people in their real stories. So, I mean... I think it's a big conversation in terms of of casting and acting in general. And sometimes I don't know where that line is. And so I wouldn't want to put heat on the production because I don't know, maybe they did audition, you know, for something like Mrs. Maisel, who seemingly had a mm-hmm. huge budget, <laughs> probably a lot of time to cast those leads. You know, I would love to actually know what the casting process was like instead of just mm-hmm. saying a Jew should have been in that role. I don't, I don't know what they did, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I know there were other Jews cast. I know that, um, you know. So, yeah, I don't like to assume that the work wasn't done because coming from mm. a casting perspective, um, there's sometimes limits and, and who, knows, who knows what they did. So although, yes, right. it would have been great and cool and amazing to have seen that, um, Maybe they did the work and and she was the the right person to roll. I think the thing that bothers me about the whole situation is that there feels like there's a hypocrisy going on in the industry, mm-hmm. kind of going back to the letter. It's like, if everyone had that perspective of what you just said, it's like, you know, there are budget constraints. Sometimes you kind of just have to go with the best actor and you kind of have to be a little bit more lenient, even though like you want to do the best job with authentic casting. I feel like if this was any other ethnic or minority group, people would go nuts, mm-hmm. like sub out Jew for literally any other minority. Um, so that that's where I feel like we get left out. And it makes me even think about what's going on right now in the news at Harvard and Penn and how that's kind of, to me, what the issue is, mm-hmm. is that they set these standards of like, we're going to fire you if you do X, Y, Z in the left wing kind of agenda. But if it's like Jewish, then uh, no, that's okay. Like genocide to Jews is fine. So to me, right. it's like the consistency 
is lacking. And I think that's where the hole for me is in the industry in regards to Jewish casting. I, I've been finding for myself and, and I do audition in more than just Montreal. I audition yeah. in Vancouver and sometimes Toronto as well. I've definitely been getting more Jewish audition roles than I've mm. ever had before in the last few years, whether it's like the Hanukkah Hallmark movies <laughs> or like I auditioned for Little Bird, an indigenous Jewish show. Um, do you notice um, a difference on this issue um, in terms of like Canadian projects versus American projects? I know you were saying like you don't get as many local shows, um, but like, is there a difference in terms of like the authentic representation and what people are asking for here versus in the US, do you think? Or it's pretty much the same? I would say it's the same. Uh, yeah. Like the big, you know, CBC is a big um, broadcaster here in Canada. And then you have the streaming services, Amazon, Netflix. And yeah, I would say both of them have their, have their quotas. And then, and then beyond that, it's, it's the stories that they choose to put forward and, and to tell, you know, they always have different, I guess, themes of, you know, maybe it's their focus is feminism. Maybe their focus is, um, what like and anything uh so i think it changes with the unfortunately feels like trends you know right i think um, theater on, on a theater does a great job there's a lot of jewish theater especially in montreal um and i think mm -hmm. that's a great place at least here to tell Jewish stories. That's a positive, yeah, I think. <laughs> we're very lucky here for sure to have yeah. the Siegel Center. I mean, there's there's only like a small handful of Jewish theater companies in Canada. Um, mm -hmm. We're very lucky to have Montreal. Yeah. So uh, kind of changing gears a little bit. Looking at Jewish actors, which we do have Jewish actors in Montreal, um, not a, a huge amount, but there are some. Do you find that ever when someone is quote unquote like super Jewy, like whether it's their name, their look, which people might stereotype as being very Jewish, um, do you think that pigeonholes them as like, oh, like you're only really going to get a Jewish part? Because like you look at um, trends from like the 90s and backwards and a lot of people were changing their last names. You don't see that as much now. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious, like, is that something that you ever see? Like in your in your work or when you're watching shows, are you like, oh, like this person, like I always kind of see them as being Jewish even when they're like cast as something else? Not necessarily. I think that comes down to the performance, you know? So that comes down, yeah, to the performance, the skill. And if I know someone naturally who maybe speaks a bit more Jewish, <laughs> you know, or Yiddish and throws that in, but then, you know, I have a self-tape or an audition with them and they pull it off like – you know, yes, of course, some people get stereotyped, um, but that happens with anything. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, that person's a detective. <laughs> like, that's the energy they give <laughs> off. So, right. Um, Fair enough. But I think, yeah, I haven't, especially in Montreal, I don't think I've come across anyone who feels too Jewish to, to play different roles. And also, Fair like, enough. I guess to bring up too, like, you know, to think of, of the reverse, like, Judaism is such a vast thing, at least for me, you know, it is a religion, it is um, culture. And should Jews not be allowed to be cast in Italian roles, which I've seen a lot, you know, there is that. Mm -hmm. And the other way around, like right. even in Mrs. Maisel, like the Tony Shalhoub, who's like Middle Eastern, I thought had the most authentic Jewish character from the non-Jewish actors. Like I thought he was Jewish. 
it was very yeah. believable. And to me, I was like, oh, I guess there's like more commonalities between someone, at least from the region, they'll yeah. understand a bit more than someone like Rachel Brosnahan, who she did a great job as Mrs. Maisel. I've like talked about this on, on my other podcast, Bonjour Chai, a lot. Yeah. But it, it does like, it rubs me in a bit of a weird way, just because of the fact that she's like the face of the show. She's the lead. And so many of my friends who aren't Jewish are aghast when I tell them that she's not. Like they just assume that she is. She also so has that, such a Jewish I don't know. Sort of like it, you yeah. know, you Rachel. Can, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe I maybe I um separate the art from the religion a bit and I and I see the like it was well cast. Like it was not even something that I that I thought of truthfully if I'm being like totally honest and I love the show <laughs> and it was not uh, some like it worked to me. So mm -hmm. it wasn't something that was like, I think it's a Jarring. problem maybe when it doesn't work well. <laughs> right. Mm, and yeah, I think that enough. maybe comes down to the consultants on shows, you know, there's intimacy consultants now and coordinators and stunt coordinators, like uh, continuity people, like, if you're talk, telling a Jewish story, maybe there should be a Jewish consultant and making sure that the writing – and maybe there was and I'm sure there was actually on that. But in other productions, so. um, maybe that's yeah. – maybe that's – I've seen things important. that I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I recently watched this like cheesy, cute Netflix Christmas TV show. Um, Trying to remember the name right now. It'll come back to me. Um, uh, Dash and Lily. That's what it was. Um, it was really cute. Um, yeah. And there was like this minor Jewish storyline because one of the writers is Jewish, even though it's a Christmas show. But I was like, who was missing on this set to let what these costume decisions were? Like at one point, they go into this underground like Jewish bar. The whole movie takes place, uh, the whole series takes place in New York. Yeah. Um, so that I bought. I was like, yeah, there probably is like these cool underground <laughs> Jewish bars. But there was like, like men wearing seat seat and like black hats partying in like co-ed club vibes. I was like, that would not happen. That wouldn't happen. And then happen. later Unless in the movie, it they does go to like and we this. just don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe like really hidden. Yeah. And then at the end of the of the series, they go to like a Jonas Brothers Christmas concert in Central Park. And like those same dudes are there. I'm like, they're not going to a Christmas concert. Oh this is like, like, like if they were not wearing <laughs> those like like the seat seat and the hat I would be like okay and maybe like there's like a Jewish person who just loves the Jonas Brothers and they're just going even though they don't celebrate but I was like something just felt weird about that to me where I was like Jewish writer but they clearly like the costume people didn't do their research no, so that I feel like it wasn't like, a Jewish writer that's like quick we need to quickly understand that there's Jews in. in this audience so make them look religious or something as if that's yeah how, like, exactly look or something so like that yes yeah, yeah, that to me would bother me too and that's like problematic yeah. in terms of like no Hasidic men would not be in a bar they would not be socializing yeah. with women that just doesn't happen exactly. so that's a fact checking yeah. problem and that would irk me and bug me and be like okay mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah fair enough so maybe, maybe that that's the line it's like when they do it in a way that like as a Jew you're sitting there watching like mm, this doesn't sit right with me whether it's yeah. like the acting choice the costume the writing fair enough yeah um so before we wrap up what do you hope to see moving forward in regards to Jewish representation and casting? Well, I mean, on a personal level, I would love to work on a Jewish story or help tell a Jewish story and get to cast um, a Jewish project. That would be very, very cool and a, and a nice 
culmination of my worlds. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I agree with like, hopefully more Jewish stories are told um, not about all of the disasters that we've that we face because I think Jews are so resilient and so positive and you know great successes have come from our community and Jews are funny <laughs> we use humor a lot um, to get through really really tough times so I think it would be great to tell more story through comedy thank you so much Jess thank you um, thank you for for sharing your insights from the casting room Going on in Canada over the next few weeks, we have Power Gay with Daniel Ryan Spaulding in Toronto, which starts on January 16th and closes on the 18th, presented by the Prosserman JCC. Power Gay is a vibrant exploration of LGBTQ plus culture and identity empowerment, deftly blending wit and storytelling to navigate the challenges of self-expression in a changing world. Uh, so... Be sure to check that out. If you're in the Toronto area, there's going to be a QA and a um, after the show with Daniel Ryan. And also in Toronto, the Miles Nadal JCC is doing an event, which if I was in Toronto, I would check out. It's called Restorative Creativity. So it's using um, the spiritual element of Shabbat as a, a time to slow down, but through art. So this event is being run by Sharoni Siboni, who's a community organizer, artist, and educator. Um, you will be using uh, the Jewish studio process, gathering in textual inquiry, art making, ground yourselves with restorative creativity, and let your minds wander with materials in hand and nourish yourselves with deep play. That's happening in Toronto, uh, downtown on January 20th, 2024 at the Miles Nadal JCC. Then we head over to Winnipeg. Gab Sings Bab, starring Gabby Epstein. The Winnipeg Jewish Theater is putting on this show January 20th and 21st. It is an homage to Barbara Streisand's greatest hits. Be sure to check that out, and uh, we'll check in with David next time on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Culturally Jewish is hosted by me, Ilana Zakon. We're produced and edited by Michael Freeman, and our theme music is by Sarah Siegel Lazar. We're a member of the CJN Podcast Network. To support our work and everything the CJN does, visit the cjn.ca slash donate to make a monthly donation and receive a charitable tax receipt.